0: All right, welcome to episode 45 of Destination Disaster. I am your host, Devin Carney. <laughs> This past week has been full of quite a few weather events, starting with the tornado outbreak that took place on January 12, 2023. As of this recording, 35 tornadoes have been recorded. An early-season tornado outbreak impacted the southeastern United States on January 12, 2023, the result of a mid-level trough where moisture and the presence of a strong low-level jet aided the development of multiple sphere thunderstorms. A strong EF-2 tornado caused considerable damage in Winston County, Alabama, while another EF-2 tornado struck Greensboro. A destructive high-end EF-2 tornado struck Selma, causing widespread damage. The same tornado produced a long-lived tornado of EF-3 strength that moved through Old Kingston, Marbury, and Titus, resulting in seven fatalities and several injuries in Autauga County alone. Another tornado from the storm struck Five Points, Stroud, and Standing Rock before crossing into Georgia. More tornadic damage was observed in LaGrange and Griffin, the latter of which was struck by an EF-3 tornado. Other tornadoes caused damage in Sumter and Mobile counties in Alabama, as well as parts of Tennessee, Kentucky, and South Carolina. In Georgia, a passenger died when a tree fell on a vehicle in Jackson. Over on the west coast, in the last couple of weeks, California has experienced catastrophic amounts of rainfall, leading to evacuations, damage, and death. The floods are a result of atmospheric rivers situated over the coast, dropping massive amounts of rain. Rainfall totals between December 26th to January 10th are as follows. San Francisco, 13.59 inches, Oakland, 12.9 inches, Santa Barbara, 12.1 inches, San Francisco International Airport, 11.59 inches, Napa, 11.21 inches, Reading, 11.21 inches, Sacramento, 9.58 inches, Stockton, 8.1 inches, and Reno, Nevada with 5.03 inches. These floods continue to cause catastrophic damage to the affected communities and And is a perfect segue into our discussion about floods and just how devastating they can truly be. I have very briefly covered this topic through the South Fork dam failure 20 episodes ago. If you haven't experienced flooding in your life, it may not be a risk that remains at the front of your mind, but when it happens, it can be extremely catastrophic and lead to the entire loss of communities as witnessed with Hurricane Katrina. Living here on the coast, you quickly realize that no matter how hard you try and no matter how much planning is completed, water will always find a way. So, What is a flood exactly? Well, according to NOAA, flooding is an overflowing of water onto land that is normally dry. Floods can happen during heavy rains, when ocean waves come on shore, when snow melts quickly, or when dams or levees break. Damaging flooding may happen with only a few inches of water, or it may cover a house to the rooftop. Floods can occur within minutes or over a long period and may last days, weeks, or longer. Floods are the most common and widespread of all weather-related natural disasters. Within the flooding umbrella term, there are different flooding classes, which include aerial flooding. This type of flooding gradually occurs over time as moderate to heavy rainfall saturates the ground, making it unable to absorb water. This flooding normally occurs more than six hours after the rainfall begins and may cover a large area. However, even though this type of flooding develops more slowly than flash flooding, it can still be a threat to life and property. Riverine or channel flooding occurs when waters exceed their natural or constructed capacity into adjacent areas. Estuarine or coastal flooding, in my opinion, represents one of the biggest risks in terms of global sea rise and global warming. Coastal flooding is caused as a resort of storm-related events or, in a worst-case scenario, tsunamis. When I say I believe this represents the largest threat... I mean it in terms of sea rise due to global warming. The vast majority of the world's population lives in coastal areas that are at risk to sea level maximums in the next century, increasing this risk of this type of flooding. The next classification of flooding is urban flooding and is exactly as it sounds. This form of flooding occurs in urban centers as a result of water inundating the drainage systems within the environment. This inundation can lead to standing water. Urban flooding is the inundation of land or property in a built environment particularly in more densely populated areas caused by rainfall overwhelming the capacity of drainage systems such as storm sewers. Although sometimes triggered by events such as flash flooding or snowmelt, urban flooding is a condition characterized by its repetitive and systemic impacts on communities that happen regardless of whether or not affected communities are located within designated floodplains or near any body of water. Aside from the potential overflow of rivers and lakes, Snowmelt, stormwater, or water released from damaged water mains may accumulate on property or in public rights of way. Seep through building walls and floors or back up into buildings through sewer pipes, toilets, and sinks. And finally, catastrophic flooding. This is something that we are beginning to see all too commonly as a result of natural disasters and the failure of designated protection systems such as levees. The most relevant example that I can give you is the impact caused by Hurricane Katrina back in 2005. New Orleans is situated well below sea level in what can be best described as a bowl. In an effort to prevent floodwaters from causing catastrophic destruction within the community, levees and other protection systems can be implemented to divert and prevent flooding in these low-lying areas. However, when poor maintenance occurs, this can lead to a failure of the infrastructure designed to protect the community at risk. So since floods are the most common form of weather-related natural disasters, you'd think we humans would listen to warnings and heed precautions, right? Well, unfortunately, no, that's not the case at all. Between 2010 and 2023 so far, there have been a total of 1,358 deaths associated with flooding, and believe it or not, the majority of these flooding fatalities are due to people driving into the floodwaters. Globally, flooding is a leading cause of death either during, before, or after a natural disaster. In fact, let's take a quick minute to review the deadliest flood in known history, that is the 1931 China floods or the 1931 Yangtze-Huai river floods. Apologies in advance if I pronounce anything wrong from here on out. Between the years 1928-1930, to China had experienced a prolonged drought with heavy snowfalls and ice accumulating in the mountainous regions during the winter of 1930. As spring approached, Snow and ice melt began to travel downstream into an already precarious situation where heavy spring rainfalls were beginning to inundate the region. The floods inundated approximately 180,000 square kilometers, that is equivalent to 69,000 square miles, an area equivalent in size to England and half of Scotland, or the states of New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut combined. The high water mark recorded on August 19th at Hankou and Wuhan showed water levels 16 meters or 53 feet above the average, an average of 1.7 meters, or 5.6 feet, above the Shanghai Bund. In Chinese, this event is commonly known, which roughly translates to yangtze Huai flood disaster. This name, however, fails to capture the massive scale of flooding. Waterways throughout much of the country were inundated, particularly the Yellow River and Grand Canal. The eight most seriously affected provinces were Anhui, Hubei, Hunan, Jiangsu, Zhejiang, Jiangxi, Henan, and Shandong. Beyond the core flood zone, areas as far south as Guangdong and as far north as Manchuria and as far west as Sichuan were inundated. As a result of these floods, it is estimated that between 2.5 and 3.7 million people perished as a result of this. The top five deadliest floods in world history occurred when the Yellow River in China exceeded its banks. The yellow silt that provoked the river's name can pile up higher than the land around it, causing the water to spill out of its causeway and onto flatlands surrounding it. Natural ice dams add to the problem. and In an effort to control the damage, the Chinese government has built channels, dams, and dikes to moderate the flow. However, I don't believe the Chinese government is doing enough to prevent these floodwaters from occurring because when reviewing the source material for this episode, there are over 150 instances of fatal floods being recorded throughout the world where thousands have perished in an instant. The majority of these floods, however, occurred along the Yangtze River in China. It is estimated that over 7 million people have perished as a result of this river overflowing its banks, seeping into the surrounding communities. In fact, flooding from the Yangtze River occurs every year during the summer monsoon season, which occurs between June and September. This is exactly what I mean when I say that floods should never be taken for granted because they are dangerous and they will kill you. So, I stated this earlier, but one of the biggest threats to mankind to this very day the threat from global sea level rise as a result of global warming. Nearly 60% of humanity lives in or around coastal areas, placing the flooding risk number one on my list. This enhanced risk of flooding due to sea level rise will not only place further strain on infrastructure as millions could be one day forced to migrate inland, cities that are located inland are not prepared for an influx of new arrivals, and it takes time and effective planning to make room and build this additional capacity. One more thing that I forgot to mention, That could happen as a result of sea level rise is the destruction of millions of acres of viable farmland, fisheries, and pastures. This too will cause strain on an already friable industry that cannot adapt overnight. I don't say this to cause fear, only to raise awareness of the damage that we are causing to our planet and that we can still prevent the most severe effects from occurring if each and every one of us makes change that needs to be accomplished. We're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we're going to run through the flooding that is currently causing catastrophic damage throughout the state of California. Alright, you've made it this far into the show. You're obviously interested and enjoy the content. Why not take the next step and pick up some branded Destination Disaster merch? A portion of each purchase is donated to a charity of your choice buying merch doesn't benefit me personally as it will be reinvested into the show and allow for further upgrades in the future if you're interested in purchasing the link to the store is in the show notes below thanks do you enjoy the show do you have a topic that you would like featured well now you can submit it directly to the show if you have a topic that you would like me to cover in a future episode please submit it to DestinationDisasterTopics at gmail.com. If it is a smaller topic or simply a question you would like answered, submit it anyways, and I will cover it in the introduction to the episode. All right, now back to the show. All right, welcome back to the show. I hope all of you enjoyed that ad that I crafted for you specially. Before the break, we covered, you know, what flooding is, some of the most historic floods throughout history, And now we're going to deal with what is currently occurring in the state of California. Beginning on December 26th, storms have been dropping near catastrophic amounts of rainfall throughout the state. In fact, as this episode was being written, another storm was forecast to impact the already affected regions, prompting further flood warnings. As stated in the introduction of the episode, the state has already seen near historic amounts of rainfall and flooding totals that are not expected to end until after the weekend of January 15th. These storms are a result of multiple atmospheric rivers that have smacked into the coast. At present, there is a state of emergency active within the affected areas, which is allowing for the additional resources to flow into the state. This type of weather event doesn't happen that often in California, which proves just how global warming is further promoting extreme weather events. I mean, just take a step back and look at how extreme our weather has been just in 2023 alone. A tornado outbreak throughout the southeastern United States spawned 34-plus tornadoes, Killing seven with injuries still being accounted for. And this type of weather isn't just limited to the United States either. It is even affecting areas of the world that are still developing and aren't responsible for the events that we are experiencing. How is that fair? I apologize for the digression here, but it angers me that there are truly people out there that would rather stay blind to a fact and not want to counteract global warming due to their pockets being lined by the fossil fuel industry. At what point will it click and make you think that shit, We could have truly done something and counteracted these horrific weather events that we are seeing. The world is troubled enough and we shouldn't be forced to have to deal with this extreme weather on top of it. Now, not all of California is dealing with catastrophic damage as a result of these storms. The rainfall and damage is limited to the San Francisco Bay Area and Sacramento area of California. Oakland, California set a 24-hour record for the most rainfall recorded at 4.25 inches or 12.1 centimeters. U.S. 101 was flooded as a result of these storms, and State Route 84 was closed due to landslides being reported. A wind gust of 101 miles per hour was reported in Nicosio following the impact of the bomb cyclone. In the Sacramento Valley, a levee broke along the Consume River, resulting in flooding, forcing the closure of State Route 99. Now, you would think that since we are seeing such historic rainfall amounts and historic damage occurring that Cities would do their best to bring the communities together and bring all stakeholders together to further promote resilience and recovery during this time. Well, that's not happening here. City management personnel in San Francisco have attempted to place blame on the National Weather Service for underestimating the impact from these storms and underpredicting rainfall totals that have taken the city by what looks like surprise. Mayor of San Francisco, London Breed, bashed the National Weather Service for not even having to anticipate an inch of rain. However, Susan Buchanan, a spokesperson for the National Weather Service, said that forecasters even emailed daily weather briefings to the mayor's office and attended the virtual citywide planning meeting on New Year's Eve on December 28th. By December 29th, the National Weather Service raised the threat level for heavy rain on New Year's Eve in San Francisco to high, forecasting for two to three inches of rain, with the potential for up to 6 inches in surrounding areas. Then, a day before the massive storm arrived, it warned this will be a dynamic and potent storm. Expect rain rates to intensify, with periods of heavy rain to develop overnight, tonight, and through midday on New Year's Eve. Now, since this situation is currently ongoing and is evolving day by day, be sure to stay tuned to the show's Instagram for any more updates regarding this. As we round out this episode for the week, Let's take some time to review safety precautions since we are quickly approaching the spring season here in the United States, and with that comes snowmelt, heavy rains, and the potential for flooding throughout the country. Now if you live in a flood prone area or within a flood plain, I'm sure you've heard this term before, turn around, don't drown. This term is synonymous with flooding and is 100% accurate. No matter how shallow you believe floodwaters are, they carry a lot of force. It only takes six inches of fast-moving water to knock over a grown adult, and it only takes two feet of flowing water to float a car and carry the occupants to their demise. Flash floods are of a particularly high risk in this instance, so be sure if you are in an area where a flash flood warning is posted, keep your head on a swivel as these floodwaters tend to appear fast and take with it debris and those unable to escape. If you are camping, be sure to stay away from rivers and areas where floodwaters can quickly rise without warning. Now on the flip side, if you are in a location that you will know is going to flood because you are either under a storm warning or some other event is occurring, be sure to store away extra fresh water as flooding can impact the freshwater delivery system and water treatment infrastructure. Be sure to never use flood water for any purpose such as cleaning, brushing your teeth, or cooking as it can contain harmful chemicals such as gasoline or even infectious diseases. When you return home after a flood. Be sure to carefully examine your property for flood damage and remove anything that cannot be cleaned such as drywall, insulation, bedding, and carpet. If you have asthma or a related breathing condition, you should not partake in disaster cleanup efforts as this can exacerbate the condition. Flooding is incredibly dangerous. It can kill you if you are not prepared. Flood waters can contain harmful debris, chemicals, and even spread infectious diseases that could lead to a lifetime of debilitating conditions if left untreated. As we rapidly approach the spring and summer months here in the United States, be sure to watch and listen to local weather stations for the latest. Stay away from fast-moving water, no matter how shallow. I want to thank each and every one of you for listening this week. If you enjoyed it, please leave a rating and a comment and share it with your friends. If you are interested in merchandise, the link is in the show notes below. And remember, a portion of this purchase will be donated to a charity of your choice. Thank you all for continuing to listen to the podcast and supporting the show. Without you all, I'd simply be talking to a microphone beside my dogs. And finally, be sure to follow the show on Instagram and Reddit. Until next week, this has been Destination Disaster.